race. Flagman's got the flag in his hand. Honorary starter toes to green. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing in Las Vegas, boys. Brad Keselowski on turn number four for his 18th Sprint Cup win. Keselowski to the checker down on the apron. It's Logano second. Johnson third by inches. And welcome to the Tom Claus Weekly Speed Report. I'm your host, Tom Clark, along with co-hosts Corey Carroll and Colton Jacobs. Here to bring you weekly insight on all things NASCAR, with a review of past week's races and a preview of upcoming events on the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series schedule. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TCW Speed Report. Email your questions to TCWSpeedReport at gmail.com. Check out the Tom Clark Weekly Speed Report Facebook page and check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. And Pornhub. And I would like to <laughs> welcome uh, my esteemed co-host for the evening, Corey Carroll and Colton Jacobs. Yeah, he made his entrance No, Oh, yeah. Uh, Maybe no, that's just me on Pornhub. I don't know. I, okay. I hope I, nothing I've ever put up is on a site like that. <laughs> Wait, did I? I mean, I hope You've that's nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just under a stage name. Um, so, welcome. Uh, Tom S. Clark. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we've... <laughs> Tom the Freight Train. <laughs> <laughs> they used to call me the bus in middle school. And I drive one. Did now. you like run the bus on people? No, yeah. they, they when we played football, they said I reminded them of Jerome Bettis. Oh, so, I can see that. Anyway, uh, we're gonna we're a week late due to logistics on my part. So we're gonna review the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta, second race of the season. Kyle Busch initially won the pole, was penalized, and had to drop to the rear of the field. So older brother Kurt Busch. Started on the point on the pole. Um, uh, they kept calling it the debut of the shorter spoiler package. Like, we keep hearing about it every week. Um, but long story short, a lot of long green flag runs. We didn't get our first caution until what, like lap two something of three hundred and twenty-five. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's predominantly green flag racing for the whole race, and one caution, two cautions. Um, we saw some early front runners, uh, especially one come to, came to mind is Matt Kenseth, but a uh, improper improper fueling mm-hmm. on one pit stop cost him, and failure to com- we got a failure to communicate with Jason Ratcliffe is the reason why he lost two laps. Um, had a fast car, ended up finishing fourteenth at the end of the day. Well, but- well, I understand. Okay, I get, I get the whole. Th- fact of trying to protest the penalty but i mean how many times does nascar call a penalty in race and the crew chief argues it and then they overturn it you never see that happen and when you get the black flag with the white cross on it or what yeah, is it the, the, the x yeah um i mean you just you gotta come i mean you gotta come down and serve your penalty yeah and, and they just wasted time protesting in hopes but it just yeah, Matt was even on the ra- <laughs> Matt was even on the radio like, um, "Well, how am I supposed to know to come in when you got your headset off?" Which he had his headset off so yeah. he could hear the three hundred pound uh, prison warden of an official give him the <laughs> yeah. give him the business, you know. Yeah, um, give him the business. So that pretty much sealed his fate. Um, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johns, freaky fast, was fast this that weekend. Oh yeah, he was fast. Led. Uh, 
the most laps that ev- that afternoon. Uh, we only had a total of three cautions. I guess four counting the last one. But I don't know how that, that works out breaking down. Yeah. Um, but a sneaky, weaselly call by Chad Knaus and the Devil's Minions <laughs> um, by short pitting ended up getting the lead and holding the lead until that to that uh, final caution. That's always smart. And I've always, like, when you have tire fall off, as much as there is at places like Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, and, and you're battling and in a close battle with somebody, and especially comes out of those last couple pit stops, I've always been a fan of short pitting. Because these guys that stay out after somebody's come in, they'll stay out three, four, five laps. They lose so much time. Almost, they, I think um, the guys in the booth were saying it was almost two to three seconds a lap. Yeah, and that's, and that's incredible. We had that late late race caution, and uh, Jimmy Johnson ended up restarting on the inside, which was the preferred line, um, and ended up scoring his seventy sixth victory. Mm-hmm. Um, gave a he's in the chase, obviously now. Uh, gave a salute to uh, Dale Senior. Uh, that's been a big topic over the past week before Las Vegas, um, and I, I want to get your guys' insight on this, that to me, it's not as, when I say not significant, I don't mean it's not as important, but it didn't seem as important to Jimmy Johnson as it would have been some of the older drivers, just for the simple fact that he didn't get to race with him. Um, where, do, where does his win total stack in your minds? As far as levels of greatness, um, it could be. It could almost be, just as, if not more impressive, considering the level of talent that Jimmy Johnson has to compete against, um, and has had to compete against, since he was a rookie in 2002. Um, on top of that, you. Uh, you figure that he he's had a little tougher competition and he did it in 14 years and um it took Del senior um you know 21 22 years mhm uh you know that's to me to me that's it's hard for me to say that cuz I'm such an Earnhardt fan mhm of then and now and his legacy and and all that and everything that he represents for the sport of NASCAR but um you know you can't deny you can't deny how many straight did Jimmy win five five in, five a, in a row yeah six all together you know in this era is is a greatness that we may never see again yeah which, you know, they like I said, it was a big topic all week. Like I said, I don't think, not that again, because Jimmy didn't have the chance to race against him, he may not know how to rank it for himself. It didn't doesn't seem like he's very uh, as emotional as what as we saw like Jeff Gordon when he tied him. Um, he actually flew the three flag in in remembrance of Dale. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, to me, it would mean more to Jeff. Because he was with him and, you know, counted him as among his, his friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Jeff Gordon, being the superior broadcast professional that he is now, um, 
interview Jimmy Johnson on the significance of 76 wins. And uh, Jeff asked Jimmy, did you ever get to run in to Dale Sr.? And <laughs> he asked him if he actually got to uh, run into Dale Sr. And he said something about he was in the bu- he's still in the bush. <laughs> Damn it, Colton. I about- I'm sorry. I about, I about crossed the, the threshold, <laughs> and you damn it had to do that. So Jeff asked if uh, <clears throat> uh, Jimmy ever got to uh, meet Dale Sr., and there was a story where he was still in the Bush series, kind of walking around in the infield, and a car basically like cut him off like on the way out, and the car stopped and backed up, and the window rolled down, and it was Dale Sr., and Dale Sr. apparently asked Jimmy, you on the payroll, son? And Jimmy John said, uh, no, sir, I'm not. And Dale Sr. apparently responded, well, then get the hell out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was interesting to hear from him. So uh, 76 wins for Jimmy Johnson. Uh, move on to this uh, past, this this current race, the Cobalt Tools 400. The beginning of the new NASCAR's Western Swing. Yeah. NASCAR goes west. Yeah, NASCAR goes west. Do, 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 do. That's sorry. That's Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to do some like uh, NASCAR mag- goes in search of the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, go out there. One point. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we go out west uh, to Las Vegas, which in Espanol means the villas. See, uh, to hable mucho español. Yo hablo no, you know, hablo mucho español porque uh, you know a studio in la clase de español. Don't ask me about Spanish. I'm Goal! Um, so we uh, go to Las Vegas. Uh, pole winner, hometown hero, Kurt Busch starts on the front row now they did say weather was going to be an issue and it pretty much reared its ugly head today with the high winds a little bit of rain and um colton break down the race a little bit for us as regards to uh lap leaders and, and big stories well i mean you started out early on kurt bush on the pole um he led the first 30 laps or so uh, had a caution he was uh speeding i believe on pit road um and then from that from from that point on out, you you had a lot of um, interchanging of the lead between Ken, you know Kenseth, uh, Logano for a while, um, Johnson led some. Um, so there there it wasn't like one guy just got out front and smoked the field like last year. Kevin Harvick led 141 laps. It wasn't like that this year. Yeah. But you you still had you still saw the theme carry over with pit road speeding penalties that you know got Kurt Busch. Um, and it got it got a few other guys, Austin Dillon, Greg Biffle, uh, some of those guys, and, and and you had that crash, took out some of the contenders. Kenseth got loose, I think it was coming out of two, I believe, um, or maybe maybe it was in the middle of three and four. I can't remember, um, <laughs> but there's a fifty fifty shot which corner I got. But but he went up. You saw Chase trying to avoid the crash. He he couldn't. He got it. He slammed into him, and then. And then simultaneously, not too far back behind him, you had Kurt Busch getting into Carl Edwards. 
So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that kind of set up the final showdown, so to speak. Yeah. With about what, like less than 20 to go or. No, there was a little more than that. A little it bit more about, than that. It was about 50 to go. Um, Corey, do you think the wind played a a factor at all in regards to the amount of lead changes and uh, keeping a keeping a driver from going out on a like with a large lead i don't think so i didn't if it did i didn't hear much about it i was expecting to hear about it from the drivers and then play tons of in-car audio about the wind and all this all like all day but Mm -hmm. it died down for the bigger part of the race and it picked back up towards the end um but i don't know i don't i don't know if I don't know if it really affected them that much or not. It didn't seem to. Um, it, let's see. I think it was a, more of a, a headwind coming down the front straightaway and a tailwind going down the back. You know, if if it would have... I think it may have had something to do with them being a little tighter in three and four or not being able to get off three and four as much. But... Um, like I said, at least for the most part of the race, I don't think it really mattered a whole lot. The only thing I guess it mattered to the most is the Fox cameramen who were apparently tethered down to the <laughs> to the uh, yeah. to the top of the grid. They were like holding on for dear life. Well, they had that one guy that had a, had like a harness and a hook through it. Yeah, <laughs> he was kind of a heavy boy, so I don't think he would have gone far. But I don't know. <laughs> Wind might have called him a little easier. That's Not true. as aerodynamic. <laughs> so uh, that set up the final uh, run to the finish. Now, Kyle Busch apparently took left sides instead of right sides on that last pit stop. Dumb. Which, yeah, which is a little bit different. It's it's odd, but w- I think Goodyear brought a uh, really tough tire with some of that um, tread technology kind of that enduro tread um so um i don't think i think that's probably why the reason they went with the left side instead of the right side but he complained about a right right, a right front chatter um and lost the handle of the car uh you had four cars under a blanket as mike joy says there mm-hmm. towards the end and i thought that was the to me the for me personally the highlight of the race to have that that those four cars within contention of the win uh, that late in the race with not a lot of factors such as like a rough racetrack or you know what have you um, so Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano were battling for second place and uh, Keselowski got around Logano and eventually passed Kyle Busch and Kyle Busch you talk about losing the handle on his car uh, fell back all the way to fourth place by the I mean I thought he was going to finish third coming out of four and she got snookered for fourth, so um, so Brad's in the chase now. Yeah, congratulations! Was, it was impressive. And we have a win him. for each manufacturer. Yeah, Toyota, Chevrolet, and Ford. So that rounds out. We would play some post race audio, but uh, the feed that we got was a little shaky, a little crackly. Mm-hmm. So we'll just have to skip that for the moment. Um, let's go ahead and move to some Atta Boys. Yeah, attaboy. Um, okay, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give attaboy to my new favorite driver, even though he supports Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> and uh, and his and Bill and 
the thing of it is, is Donald Trump's going to be the next president of this <laughs> this great country of ours. Um, twenty four, Chase Elliott, add a boy to him, um, because I saw some real things I liked. He um, he was running up there in the top ten with a lot of other good young young new drivers, uh, Austin Dillon, Ryan Blaney, having good runs. Um, but he he was real he was real critical of himself. Yeah. Of that, the, he could have avoided wrecking. He said, "I could have just got off the brake and passed him." But uh, to me, that shows that already shows drive and passion and and um, and hunger for success. Um, and he's ready to do it. And I think he's he's gonna he's he's good for the future. So, add a boy chase for for not settling for just one of those racing deals and yeah. and seeking perfection. So we're doing uh, this week Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, because last week's Atlanta was a, is a little fuzzy in my memory. Well, mine's going to go to Ryan Blaney, the rookie for uh, staying in the top ten all day, all day. He didn't look into the top ten. He qualified near the front. He stayed up near the front all day, and in a Wood Brothers car, which is more known for their uh, plate program more than their intermediate program um but he gave him a strong showing today and uh and I, it really helps out forward because they have more than just penske in the top 10 mm-hmm. and uh if ryan blaney you know if he can if he can perform this well and i would say b-list equipment then you know imagine how good of a look he's going to get when an a-list ride comes up so this mm-hmm. this went a long way for him in his career, as far as uh, you know, turning the world on to what what a what a talent he can be. Wow, good, yeah, Mr. Jacobs. I, I mean, I'll, I was I was gonna I was thinking Blaney, but um, also I mean, I'm gonna I'll say Dylan um, starting in the top five, finishing in the top five, overcoming two pit road mishaps. Um, you heard him and Slugger Labby getting into it on the radio today. Um, so that's a good way just to rebound, uh, you know, to calm down and not let the the heat of the moment and the, your frustrations get the better of you and drive up through there, do your job, and get a top five. It's really a toss-up between Blaney and Dylan for me, but um, I gave the edge to Blaney since he's a – He's a a year, so to speak, behind Austin Dillon. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Dillon and his sophomore effort, and um, uh, you know, typically, traditionally, Childress Chevrolets should 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 be a little faster than Wood Brothers Ford, anyways. Um, but absolutely right, Austin Dillon. What a what a great run for him. Look at who they finished ahead of. I mean, you got them ahead of finished ahead of Harvick Jr., Kurt Busch, Casey Kane, Truex Jr. Yeah, those are all big names. So. Yeah, that's that. I told Colton earlier that the, we talked about those three drivers and how today was a good showing of the the to me the beginning of the next generation when guys like Kenseth, Harvick, Johnson, Jr kind of say all right you know this is it for me you know Mm -hmm. so because i think that's the next batch of drivers to uh to um 
to leave. So um, go ahead and uh, preview uh, the next two races due to logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll be two weeks till the next show. But then we'll be back on schedule afterwards. Yep. Um, so we're going to preview the Good Sam 500 at Phoenix. What is Good Sam? I don't know what Good Sam good is. Good Sam is a... Um, they're kind of in cahoots with Camping World. It's uh, like a it's like triple A for RVers. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's the roadside assistance, right? <clears throat> yeah, I, I thought it was a grocery store. Good no, <laughs> no, that's no, Sam's good town. Good Sam, like Good Samaritan. Yeah, like oh, okay. their their mascot is like a guy with a halo over his head. Oh, like okay, like if you run into an RV and you get to the RV park and you find out you got a flat tire, instead of paying, you know, Joe Blows, you know. Record service a fortune, you know. If you're a Good Sam member, you get a discount. Is it just RVs? It's it's to do with camping and oh, okay. stuff like that. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not like the Good Sam Camping World 500. <laughs> yeah, that's it should be, but um, I think Camping World's very happy with NASCAR right now. Why is that? Because they're, uh, you know, their CEO or president or whatever. Coming out with, oh, they're very happy. Not very happy. Oh, not very happy. Oh, with strong words about Brian Francis' endorsement of Donald Trump. Oh, and I have, I concur. Yeah. You didn't know about that? No, I didn't know about that. But go way to go, Camping World. Okay. All righty. Moving um, on. So the Good Sam Five Hundred Phoenix, one one mile racetrack, flat turns. Um, another part, the second part of the Western Swing. Um, and we've invented a new drinking game. You have to take a drink every time one of the announcers calls it a roval. <laughs> roval, <laughs> roval. Was that did, is that a new word that DW made up? It's been a word that they always use at this place because for some reason they say it's a road course that's shaped like an oval. Whatever sense that makes. It's either, they say that about Pocono too because you have to shift. <laughs> it's like what? Well, well, did you hear the other word that like DW made up today? It's like a, n- a new verb. He has, it's like it was like ovulate or ovulate or something. He was talking about the, Ovul- the ovulation <laughs> or something. He was like, it just makes them ovulate a little bit. And I was like, I don't know what the hell. I that like is. when women ovulate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when they're I'm down, Tom. Sorry, I'm down. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but it's like yeah. the pheromones in there, like chemical receptors, like bring. You know, but um, roval, roval. It sounds like something you tell your dog to do. Roval, roval, boy. Um. So yeah, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and call this the Kevin Harvick 500. Yeah. So, um, long green flag runs, but it has some short track aspects to it because of the flat corners. Um. So potential for some contact, potential for a last lap nudge out of the way to get the win. Um. And uh, I suspect that these pit road penalties will continue. Uh, even on into Phoenix, the desert heat and Rattlesnake Hill. They'll probably have Jeff Hammond at the top of that. <laughs> yeah. Probably face swollen with rattlesnake bites. <laughs> yeah. I'm just up here at Rattlesnake Hill, guys, and fire up. Oh, need a dose of anti venom. Um, so yeah, that's that's the best preview I can do. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, it's hard not to, it's hard to bet against Kevin Harvick. It, phoenix and the third and final act of the western swing uh the auto club 400 is it now it's not 500 anymore no four 400 400 uh at fontana speedway 
uh, two-mile track. It is the officially the oldest surf paved surface that the Cup Series uh, races on. Do you know how old it is, Tom? Not much older than Atlanta, because they talked about how Atlanta was the second oldest but I don't surface. Know if, I don't know if the tire fall off quite like it is in Atlanta. No, but it's. To, I'm pretty sure it's progressively gotten worse. Yeah. Um, big long straightaways, sweeping corners. Of course, you have to watch out for the tar seams that are in between the the lanes that have been paved. You don't want to hit those. Plenty of ra- racing room. Um, and those dang bumps down the backstretch. God, those cars do the deed I do, you yeah. know, turkey walk down the backstretch. We, yeah, Weeble Wobble. That's um, where, um, last year, I think this is where he said Weeble Wobble. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I can preview, what we've, what I th- have personally observed, tell me what you guys think, is long green flag runs, long green flag runs, and last caution. Last pit stop, someone someone towards the back of the field or midfield takes tires, forgets about track position, and by the time of the end of the race, that person on fresh tires is whipping it around the outside of four and beats them to the line. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, tires definitely play big part. We've seen Kyle Busch do it a few times, Kevin Harvick do it a few times. Yeah, Hart Jr. did it. And, um, and, um, Brad Keselowski did it as well, I yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, I think – here's my preview, and, I, you know, I don't want to try and give anything away from for picks or anything, but I think you're going to see kind of a repeat of how the race ended today at Las Vegas. I think it's going to come down to Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski because they're two drivers that have, have won the last two races there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've if – I, if I remember correctly, they've led the most laps – in the, both the races that they won, so hmm. um, I think I think you're going to see a battle between those two again. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our fantasy picks. Let's get these out of the way and set yeah. a foundation for the next two weeks. Well, we we actually have a tie right now at the top between Tom and Corey. Wow. Um, and then I'm I'm just nine. You're, points you're just behind. nine points back, man. Now, Here's okay. Here's the question. We got to figure out what we want to do. If we're picking two races in a row, do we want to pick the next two races like these, or do we want to snake it? Where like I pick first, and that's it, and then we just go back around for the next race. In the interest of fairness, I'm not interested in either of those. Let's just. I think we pick this. Pick week. them in the order, the same order both times because of no, no, no. Why are we doing this? We always do it this way. We pick this week, and then. Next week, however the standings shake out, Colton will, Colton text, will us, text us. Okay, and then we'll pick. You know, we'll pick that way because. Okay. You know, it's not going to be fair if I pick last this week and then Colton jumps into the lead, and I've already picked last again. You know. Yeah. Okay. Corey hates to pick last. No, I think Corey's got to. No, that's fine with me. All right. Well, then uh, I'll go first. <laughs> yeah, you go. I mean, y'all guys do what you want to do. I mean. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and pick Harvick. I, you know? <laughs> damn it. Damn it. I mean, damn it. I, it. I'd be dumb not to. I know it's the third time in a row I picked him. But, oh, hey. You've even got it like on speed clay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, he's, he's fat. He wins every Phoenix race. He should have won. You know, in the 
in in the fall. But. Do you just think Harvick wins, going to win every race? Well, yeah, I mean he has a good shot at it, but you know I'm gonna yeah. stick with him. And was it that John Roberts? He always says stick with the Biff or whatever. Which is a dumb. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the Biff. Yeah, yeah, stick with the Biff. So, um, but I'm gonna stick with the Harv and okay, go with Harvick. Um, okay. Now, how do you how do you guys want to decide who? We'll just. Based on the the results there, what are, who has like who would have the highest average finish? Who's finished better? Um, See, we got twentieth, so and yours is twelve, Tom, and Corey's like eleven. So Corey would have the highest average. So that means I get to go, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is for <laughs> this is for this is for. Um, this is for Phoenix, correct? Yes. Well, since the favorite is already chosen um, for the week, um, gonna I'm gonna weigh my options carefully here because I did good this week, finishing fourth. Yeah, we uh, we had, all had a, had a good week. No, none of us outside the top ten. Yeah, um, I'm going to um, I'm trying to think of who's good at <laughs> who's good at flat tracks. <laughs> Who's good at, you know, like who's good at, you know, breaking and handling tracks. Uh, somebody that I've seen uh, some pretty good success uh, out of, you know, I'm just going to go with Jimmy Johnson. 48? Yeah. All right, Corey. Last but not least. I'm going to pick Dale Earnhardt Jr. Oh, going with Junebug again? Well, he won the last race there, didn't he? Now, what is what is your yes? What is your strategy with picking these odd? Not that they're oddball, but like because you're hoping that there's a possibility of a chase. No, I'm I'm against the chase. Oh, okay, that's well. Remember, documented. no, we decided that we were just going to give five bonus points to win. We didn't decide on anything. That's what we said when we were drinking. You were no. Oh. <laughs> No, because Corey immediately said, like, no, let's just... I thought it was to put an emphasis on winning. How about let's just not talk about it? Okay. And just do the way in the next season. Okay. 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 Cause, but I feel like Corey's, like, he's got, like, he's playing a strategy of, like, in case we change our minds. Like, the fact that he picked Danica Patrick for the second race. and Well, I mean, I see going with history, even though, like, Junior won that kind of luckily. Um but, I mean, he, he runs good there. He finished yeah. second a couple of years ago. He's got three wins there. Yeah. So, right. okay, maybe it's, there's not so much a strategy to it. Maybe it's a good luck charm. Okay, before we move on to trivia, Colton, let's read our mailbag question. Okay. mail. Okay. We do have a mailbag question. Yeah. Um, it's like our third or fourth mailbag question. Yeah. Now, okay, so this is to, if you are listening, whoever you may be, out there in the world, number one, do us a favor and promote our podcast and talk about how great my voice sounds and my hosting ability is and how I could do be a good spokesman for anybody looking to sell a product and that I'm, I'm, I, I just have that knack. Okay. The emailer's email address is rectum-damn-near-killed-him. At Juno.com. So it reads out, rectum damn near killed him at Juno.com. So and it reads from February 18th, 
Hey, y'all, I got a question for y'all's computer net radio program. Program. Does y'all reckon... Program. Yeah, program. Does y'all reckon the moon is made up of some kind of cheese? I reckon I just want to hear y'all's opinion on the topic. I then cherry rectum. Uh, um, thanks for the question, Jay Rectum. I now now, and I'm sorry about your condition. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm no scientist, but the moon is is made up of mostly rock, has a very um, low gravitational pull to it, so it's a quarter of the size of the Earth. Um, and theories are. At the formation of our solar system, um, uh, another planet that was forming smashed into the Earth, and either A, the remnants of that collision, the gravity formed a rocky satellite, which is our moon, or the actual planet that ran into the Earth is the remnants of that planet. That is, that is now that planet orbiting the Earth. Um, so no, Mr. Cherry Rectum, I don't think that uh, dairy products that are uh, solidified with rennet and starter cultures and pressed into shapes um, for consumption could ever have the, the right amount of density and physical properties to be the moon. So... Um, sorry, no, I don't think that the moon is made of some kind of cheese, ma- mainly rock. Well, and and, and furthermore, it um, it's 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 two hundred thirty eight thousand nine hundred miles away from the Earth. Okay, it has a one thousand seventy nine uh, mile radius, and it's approximately four point five three billion years old. So yes, some some numbers. Yeah, and just so all our listeners know, Colton was looking at that on his phone. Yeah. Well, Well, you know, just he kind of got the gist of what was happening. I hear him trying to make it sound like he was coming up with the top of his head. Uh, It's it's approximately. uh, Well, you you didn't have to ruin it for me. Thanks. So if so, hopefully cherry rectum. Wait. Also, if it was made of cheese, at least if in the space it wouldn't spoil because there's no no oxygen. Yeah, wouldn't. Uh, it'd be now good it, cheese. It'd be very good cheese, like mm-hmm. a nice aged cheddar. But it'd be very dry, I would imagine. Very dry. And so uh, it'd be more like a grated Parmesan. Um, or a Gorgonzola. A Gorgonzola? Gorgonzola, that's it's, what I mean. It's a Wisconsin native's like, wet dream. <laughs> A moon made of cheese. Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap! crap. I'm I'm Wisconsin's Madkins, and uh, the car was just fast, and uh, you know the Dewalt Camry was just. uh, I mean, we were fast. Uh, We just couldn't get a some. We couldn't get a run on Jimmy and uh, Carl and the guys, and uh, uh, just you know it was just bad. You know, I'm glad the Dewalt uh, Camry came back to finish. Hey. You know, these impressions really work out when I don't know who I'm talking about to begin with and uh, that I just kind of roll with it. So, you know, Carl, he keeps talking about Carl all the time. You know, Carl used to be my teammate at Roush. Now he's my teammate at JGR and uh, Toyota Camrys. Uh, go Pack. Uh, so yeah. uh, that, was, that was not too bad. But um, So, yeah, thanks, Terry Rectum. Tell your friends. Send in more email questions. Love you. Mean it. Um, let's move on to our... 
Trivia round. Yeah, some trivia. If I can find the book. Now, dang it, Colton. I'll start with uh, Corey here. Okay. Um, It's Corey versus Tom. Corey, um, as of the beginning of the 2012 season, which current drivers tied with Dale Earnhardt for the most poles in the NASCAR Premier Series at Watkins Glen? Jeff Gordon, Mark Martin, Terry Labonte, or Todd Bodine? At the Glen? At the Glen. Gosh, I don't know anything about the Glen. <laughs> I would have to say um, process of elimination. I don't, rema- I don't remember Terry Labonte or Todd Bodine very, being very notorious for their qualifying. Um, Mark Martin and Jeff Gordon... I'm going to say Jeff Gordon because I feel like they probably raced at Watkins Glen more during his career than they did during Mark Martin's career. Uh, Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt have both earned three poles at Watkins Glen. Jeff Gordon and Terry Labonte are tied for second with two. Well, gee. Okay. All right, Tom. Yeah. Give you a multiple choice here. Yep. Um, As of the beginning of the 2012 season, which driver – Hold, never hold on. <laughs> I was gonna say that sounds very similar to the one you just asked. I'm about Watkins Glen, but it's just a poll record. I'd like to ask you something. Ask. Okay. I'd like to know about Tom Tom's mom's poll record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think currently it's only been just one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. Um, which driver won the 50th inning of the Daytona 500? What? 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 Which driver won the 50th running of the Daytona 500? You don't even have to go over the answers, Ryan Newman. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, ding, ding. Good job, Tom. Yeah. Tomas. Tom S. Clark. <laughs> yeah. It's your code name there. Yeah. Did somebody say there was a fire? <laughs> yeah, baby. Let me get my hose. All right. <laughs> um, Corey, true false. During its tenure in the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series, Red Bull Racing never had a driver qualify for the chase. True. False. In Casey 2009, Kane. Brian Vickers oh. made the chase for the NASCAR Sprint Cup and finished 12th in the final point standings. Mm. Man. So... Um, Tom, yeah. the most combined NASCAR Sprint Cup Series wins the Joe Gibbs Racing Drivers had in one season was 10 in 2008. 2008. I'm going to say true. It is false. Damn it. In 2010, Denny Hamlin had eight wins. I while- thought you said 2008. No, 2010. Or no, 2008, yeah. Yeah, so it's false. Um, 2010, Denny Hamlin had eight wins, while Kyle Busch had <laughs> three to set the record for the most wins. Whoa, whoa, season. whoa. Time out. Time out. The question was... The most combined uh, wins the Joe Gibbs Racing Drivers oh, okay, had okay, in one I, season oh, okay. was 10 Well, you should... Okay. Okay, because the way the question was presented, it sounded like... Um, Sorry, I misunderstood the question. Because I remember in 2008, Kyle Busch won eight races. Yeah. Okay, sorry, so false. 
Yeah. I mean, Just go to the next one. Okay, Corey. You can tie it up here. <laughs> Fill in the blank. <laughs> a blank is the cart that teams have in their pit stalls with reserved spots for each piece of equipment and tools. The crew chief and other selected members of a race team sit atop it during races. The pit box? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Is that car, is that a cart of some sort? I, I, I know the answer, I think. I thought well, it was, I mean, I thought it was one big toolbox. <laughs> what do you have to say, Tom? What What is it called? <laughs> I believe it's called the war wagon. Yes, it's called, the, that's the answer in here is the war wagon. <laughs> um... Yeah, because the story goes that back in the day they would actually, in the ingenuity of the early NASCAR, you know, they would make make their own parts. That they got to the point where they would make custom made Red Rider wagons mm-hmm. with ha- the handles on them, and they would lengthen them and 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 widen them and carry all their tools on one wagon. And that's why they look the way they do with the wheels, and they're very tall and narrow. Yeah, kind of like a wagon. Okay. Well, here, I'll go to you, Tom. Um, okay. Blank sponsored the James Finch on number 09 Chevrolet that Brad Keselowski drove to his first victory. Mikasuki Lounge. Talladega. Huh? The Mikasuki Lounge. Mikasuki Lodge. <laughs> it's Mikasuki <laughs> Resorts <laughs> and Gaming. It's it's Indian. close enough, damn it. <laughs> lounge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that place I like to see on Saturday nights. Okay, yeah, the Mikasuki. <laughs> I'll give you some Zuki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's kind of dirty. Okay, yeah. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, green, white, checkered. Yeah, okay. Well, Tom, we're going to start with the green, and we're just going to let you get it off your chest. Go on ahead, since you've been posting so much about it, and tell the world what you think about NASCAR endorsing Donald Trump. Okay. So I was pretty angry to find out that Brian Francio of NASCAR, Bill Elliott, NASCAR Hall of Famer, and his son, my new favorite, well, barely making it as my new favorite driver, Chase Elliott, endorsed Donald Trump for president in 2016. My reason being, one, because I think anybody that supports Donald Trump is a friggin' idiot. I won't say why. Well, okay, I'll go ahead and say why. Um, because a lot of people that I hear that support for Trump, and a majority of them, not a, not all of them, um, are all all have the mentality of if Donald Trump's president, we're all going to be millionaires, which is just not going to happen. Uh, we'll probably be slaves unto the machine of the Trump Corporation. Um, one being because I I didn't want it to what uh, what did I say Friday night uh, to ruin the image of NASCAR, uh, NASCAR being a pretty mostly for the most part of politically you know they don't really get into it a whole lot uh for them to make such a public announcement um and i forgot the re- the other reasons why i just to me it's just not good business especially with the, the amount of sponsors that are involved mm-hmm. you know what if some of the sponsors like well, we said like camping world well that's i kind of agree with you on that point is i think as a corporation as a sport, as a whole, I, I would just be wary. I, you know, Brian France and Chase Elliott and Bill Elliott and all these people, they have every right to vote for who they want to vote for, you know, support who they want to support. But um, I would just be wary because you're, you're a public figure 
and you, you have people like you have you have like sponsors and stuff. Yeah, so. just the fact that some of these new sponsor deals, like Credit One, the official credit card of NASCAR. I've never even heard of Credit One, and it's the Alleg- official like card of the one to go or the white. Yeah, line. that and Allegiant Air, like the most discounted airline in the world is the official airline partner of nascar like to me those are like very low-grade companies whereas companies like visa and mobile one all these big fortune 500 companies used to be sponsors of nascar yeah so yeah Corey, do you have anything or do we go to the white plane what was the question just talking about trump and nascar and other nascar aficionado endorsing donald trump Aficionado, <laughs> what, whatever. The, what does that mean? He anyways, anyways. Um, I don't know. I'm just surprised. I figured somebody like Brown France would keep such a huge, uh, polarizing endorsement. Like, even though it was his personal endorsement and not NASCAR's. Yes. Like, I'm surprised with how he is, like he is the figurehead of the top figurehead of such a huge organization that he would publicly make an endorsement of such a controversial uh, person, considering how they try to stay away from controversy as much as possible. It just, it's, it's all, it's all like, um, it's very interesting and it's a head scratcher to me really. Mm hmm. Me too. All right, we'll um, make your little noise, Tom. We're going to white flag. What? Oh, <laughs> no, that, uh, Formula One noise. But no, that's uh, that's the cars going past. That still sounded like Formula One. Do you, do you want me to do no Formula One? Because Formula One, they're not that close enough to make that sound. So it's more spread out. It's more like. <laughs> but you know like at Daytona when they get the side shot it's always like it's always yeah. like it's always yeah. like when the pack is coming around yeah. like you kind of hear in the background yeah okay just go um uh just and I know it's been I was I was looking on Twitter and Instagram and a lot of social media um last last night after um, after Kyle Busch won the Xfinity race, and um, just a lot of people are put out with Cup drivers continuing to dominate that sport. Uh, Tom, what like what's your opinion? What, does NASCAR need to step in and do something about the Cup drivers? Yes. Um, well, I mean, a few years ago to kind of combat this whole um, Cup drivers coming down for a season and winning a uh, then Bush or Nationwide Series championship uh, was they made a rule to where. When you register for your season or your NASCAR license, or when you renew your NASCAR license, you need to put mark what series you plan to earn points in, and that's the only series you would earn points in. Which obviously has not really worked because guys that are winning championships are guys that have just top tened the field enough to win the championship, you know. So, to me, there's got to be. I, I don't know what the big appeal is really because. Yeah, back in the day, Darrell Waltrip, Dale Sr., Jeff Gordon has run a few bush races. Even Jimmy Johnson's done it here and there. To me, it used to be a like a once and a now and again kind of thing. Like, oh, my sponsor wants me to run a bush race. 
for whatever like harry gant ran a lot of bush races in you know the skull bandit car um so it was kind of like a just a every now and then kind of thing now it just seems to be a lot of drivers doing it every week for to me for what gain i think for their ego I, I compare it, I compare it like this. You don't see Tom Brady or Peyton Manning go back to the University of Tennessee or Michigan for the sake of just beating everybody and winning. They've made it to the top. Yeah. That's where they plan on staying. So I, I just have a, a, a weird feeling of why are these cup guys, full-time cup guys with premier rides, going back down to the junior leagues just to... to lead 199 of 200 laps stuff like yeah, that yeah i mean I, I think, so yes i think nascar needs to do something about it i mean yeah i think personally like, i don't mind them going and doing it sparingly um but i think i think that uh, a sprint cup driver should be allowed two to three races tops a year to run in the xfinity and i i, I barely <laughs> even say Three. I mean, I'd almost say two. You get through it, run two, and then once the Xfinity chase starts, that you're not allowed to cross series. Now, here, here's another thing that I think could work out too. Um, and uh, I just lost my train of thought. Okay. We want to go to Corey while you. Yeah, again? go back. Go to Corey. Well, I w- I w- I wish they weren't allowed to do it at all, but. They've they've already set the precedent of that cup drivers can do it from years back. So now you got a situation where if you don't let cup drivers drive, then sponsors won't come into that that series, and um, attendance will like that cup drivers draw attendance at the races, and so that you lose a lot of revenue if you don't let cup drivers race so that's why i say just like one or two well but then it's like which one or two you know like whichever one or two they race in they're gonna that's where the sponsors are going to go and that's where uh the money's going to go but then the rest of the tracks and the rest of the races and the rest of the sponsors who sponsor the races will suffer because they're not cup drivers in them so, um, I don't know what you do. I don't know. I, I, I like. I, well, I think I mean, I, when when you look at they, you know, they showed some ratings and um, attendance records at some of these tracks that they go to when the when the Cup and the Xfinity are, are split, and sometimes it's like too far for one of the drivers to go, and there's not not really any Cup drivers in the race. Um, you know, it doesn't dip quite as much now that may just be because it's just one race as far as like sponsorship and all that stuff but you know i i don't know if it would suffer too bad but i just regained my train of thought they need what they need to do is do back in years past when i first started really getting into racing these tracks these following tracks need to be on either the truck and xfinity schedule nazareth pennsylvania um uh, Pikes Peak out in Colorado, Nashville Super Speedway, Memphis Motorsports Park, the Milwaukee Mile, North Wilkesboro and Rockingham, uh, and I think I threw another one in there. Those tracks need to be put into that schedule 
One, one because Rockingham and North Wilkesboro, that'd be a good way to enter them back into the fray. Gateway. Um, oh, gateway. Yeah, that's another. That's another good one. Um, that way, it, it logistically, it's harder for a cup driver to say, "Oh, this weekend they're at Nashville, but I got to race all the way here in Sonoma." I remember that being the case where, because the Xfinity guys didn't race a road course, they'd run at Nashville Super Speedway, which I thought was a great track, by the way. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't. You would only see one or two Cup guys make the fly, make the, the the jump. They'd finish the race Saturday night and get up, immediately get on a plane and head back to Sonoma. I liked it when they raced at O'Reilly Sports Park yeah. too. When they were in there, needs to be more of that. Now I love seeing them on big tracks too, but let that be a a privilege to your series to race on those big tracks, not make it a requirement. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to the checker. Um, I guess our our, our checker is just going to be kind of simple. Uh, who uh, who's your who's your dark horse for Phoenix? My dark horse for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say your dark horse for Auto Club as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. My dark horse for Phoenix will be um will be Kurt Busch because he ran he ran a great race last year at Richmond, which is a flat track during the day. Uh, that they ran it, and uh, I think he's hungry for a win, and I think he'll get it done there. And um, my dark horse for uh, Fontana, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and go with Austin Dillon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Corey? Mm, that's hard. I don't. It's hard to have a dark horse in NASCAR. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you either got drivers who are capable of winning or who are not at all capable of winning. Yeah. They're one of those two. There's no, like, in the middle, like, gray area dark horses. But I do my best to come up with one uh, or two. Um... For Phoenix, I don't think he'll win. I don't think he'll win, but I think Phoenix is a place where Clint Boyer can turn the corner with his new team. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for California, I like Jamie McMurray. I think he's been fast all year. Okay. And uh, if it's a fast track with plenty of room to race, you know, I I think he can hang hang in the top ten. You mentioned Boyer. I, I don't even remember hearing him today. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even think they mentioned him one time. But uh, um, my dark horse for um, for Phoenix, he ran really well in the um, uh, spring race. Or, no, the fall race. But, I, you know, I know that race is different because the rain and it being later. But I just look for Carl Edwards. Um, he was fast this, this weekend, but he just never got a chance to show it starting in the back. And then getting in the wreck, um, I think he's going to look to come back. And um, and if he runs, my my dark horse for California, if he runs like he did today and can just stay out of trouble, Chase Elliott, and I think he can win the race. Wow! I think he can win the race. If he does, I'll be a fan forever. Yeah, I mean, because Chase was top ten, top five all day. His car was fast. Um, I mean, if I, he'll be fast. Okay, sounds like fun. And that concludes this edition of the Tom Clark Weekly Speed Report. 
Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at TCW Speed Report. Email your questions to tcwspeedreport at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And this is your host, Tom Clark, signing out.